this is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Hornets Church, October the 17th, 2021, with our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie, bringing the message today, it's all about Jesus. The praise team will start off the service. My Savior, Redeemer, lifted me from the miry clay, almighty forever, I will never be the same cause you Servant 
Thank you, Jesus. There's a course I want to do right quick. And I want us to think about what we're singing about. The course says, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Lord, prepare my heart to receive everything you've got for me that I won't miss nothing. Amen? Hallelujah. The song says, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, 
one more time. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord, Father. We thank you today. We praise you this morning. We worship you. We glorify you today. God, have your way in this place, Lord, and all around the world. God, you know we'll stand careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. But Lord, thank you, Lord, for allowing us in your presence this morning. Father, as you take us, Lord, and use us for your glory. For Lord, we thank you today. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody shout praise the Lord while you're being seated. Glory to God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. This morning we're going to talk about it's all about Jesus. How many know it's all about Jesus? Amen? Glory to God. It's all about Jesus. I hope Brother Joy has got speakers. I know he's got speakers all around the house, all around everywhere. And I pray he's got speakers all around the house because those that are out in the out in the island, the halls and the foyer just to stay out there most of the time, I pray that they're going to begin to hear what God is saying to us and God's going to help us and use us for his divine glory. I praise the Lord this, this morning for this week. The, we had a great trip to Tennessee over at uh, Pigeon Forge, Dr., uh, Dr. David Jeremiah. He spoke, some, he spoke some really some amazing words to us and let us know he opened up insight on what's going on and what's taking place in this world today. And as we know, and I, and I was watching him last night some, and what he's talking about, socialism is, is, is slowly creeping in. It's creeping in under the shadows of everything else that's happening because they want to get your mind off of things like that. But socialism is creeping in. And I got news for you this morning, my friend. You don't want America to be, be in socialism. That's not what we want. Somebody needs to say amen right there because uh, we want the freedom and the liberty that, we, that we're supposed to have uh, that this country was built on. Uh, but regardless of what's going on around the world and all the things that's happening in the world today, uh, you and I as children of God don't have to sit around and be worried and concerned uh, and, 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 and all this kind of stuff about what's going to happen. I know, I know we're going to face some. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Uh, we're going to face some of some of the stuff that's going to happen. Uh, but when, but when the, the tribulation days come, when that seven-year period happens, Amen. Uh, I believe with all my heart I won't be here because I'm going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, because He's coming back after the bride one of these days. Uh, but what I'm trying to tell you is, and what I understand Dr. Jeremiah saying is, uh, and as I'm reading the book that he wrote, I'm telling you, I'd, I'd, I'd reckon, I'd tell everybody I know to get that book, where are we going from here, amen? Because in that book, he opens up the eyes, he opens up your heart, he helps you see, he brings the scripture down uh, to where it's at today. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you something, what he's trying to tell us is, and what he's telling us is, uh, we better get real, real serious about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we, rather, we better get real serious uh, about our relationship with him uh, because as time goes on, uh, it's gonna get harder and harder and harder. Uh, and I know I know, I know, know that's gonna happen, uh, but what if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, if you're so 
sold out to him 100%. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to walk in fear. Even though the hard times are going to come, even though you're going to face some of the stuff that's going to happen, let me tell you something. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll always be with you. But if you're not sold out to him, if you don't have that complete relationship, that intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to face some hard times that you're going to have to do alone if you don't have him. But I got news for you this morning. Brother Mike, I don't mean, I don't plan on standing alone. I'm going to be standing with him and I'm going to bring out some scripture this morning but I want you to know something. He said, I'll stick with you. I'll be closer than a brother according to what they said in the book of Proverbs that he'll be closer than a brother and I don't know about you. I want Jesus Christ fully in this temple and every bit of this old man out of the way that he can do with me what he so desire. Can I get an amen? Romans chapter 8 verse 14 through 17 for as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God. Amen. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father. I'm talking about it's all about Jesus this morning. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. How many glad you are the children of God? My spirit bear witness with his spirit that I am a child of almighty God and if children then the heirs heirs of God and, and joint heirs with Christ if so be that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together somebody needs to praise the Lord right there amen somebody say God bless the reading of his word now listen to what he said. And if children and heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him that we may also be also, glori also glorified together, be also glorified together. When you made the choice to follow Jesus Christ, I want you to know that it came with the most remarkable benefit package that there has ever been thought of. Amen, it's ever been recorded or ever will be recorded. It's not like Medicare, Obamacare, Blue, Cross, United Care, any other care you can think about. With our loving Abba Father on the job, we have constant care. I mean, it's glad for the constant care this morning. Amen. Thank God for insurance. It helps out money. But I ain't got my faith in insurance. I've got my faith in God because he is assurance. And if I had the assurance, everything else is going to be all right. Somebody say amen. When you're adopted into the family of God, you should want for Nothing. Nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you are adopted into the family of God, you should want for nothing because he said I'll supply every need according to his riches and glory. He has thought of everything. He has crossed all the T's. He's dotted all the I's. He has even put his angels at your disposal. Wait a minute, preacher. Well, look at Psalms 91, 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Somebody, amen. So it's not like a Cinderella story. Just like a stepchild experienced with no love or benefits to be offered. There is no long waiting period for you to go through to enjoy 100% coverage this morning. Amen. You get insurance, some insurance you get it, it don't come effective until two years down the road especially if it's life insurance. They have some policies now, I understand that you, that the money, matter of fact, I got health insurance a few years ago, my wife and I did, and the man said, as soon as you sign the line, you're covered. I said, really? Yep. As soon as I sign this, you're covered. I got your check in my hand, you're covered right now. I said, right now? Yeah. 
and we've talked to several insurance companies about it and showed it to them and they said, I wouldn't touch what you got right now. I wouldn't touch that. Because it came effect the very minute that I signed the line. Can I tell you something this morning? The very moment that you accepted Jesus Christ, you were covered by the blood. And I'm going to tell you this. There ain't no other coverage than being covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because everything you need is going to flow through the blood. Come through the cross of Jesus Christ of Calvary this morning. Amen? So you like for nothing. The moment you become born again, whether you were aware of it or not, God says uh, you're covered. You are no longer a slave to sin, uh, but a son or daughter of the most high God. Somebody needs to praise God right here. Amen? Glory. I mean, it's happy today. Father, I would people be as happy as I am right now. Galatians 4, 4, 7, 4 through 7. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of, the, of his son into your hearts and crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. That don't excite you. I don't have no rich aunts and uncles. I don't have nobody when they died. They, they, they put out a will and they left me with millions of dollars or they left me with a great big farm or all this and that and the other. No, I didn't come up that way. I come up and I'm, I've been blessed. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I've been blessed all my life. We didn't have what a lot of other people had, but I tell you what we did have. We had enough food in the house. We had enough love in the house to keep us going and they made sure that everything was okay, amen? And we didn't look for all the riches of the world. But in this time, there are people that's had everything given to him. I know a man today that bought an ice cream company I worked for years ago and they were telling me then, he was about 34, 35 years old. He said his mama left him more money than he don't even know how much money he's got. I didn't come up like that. Everything me and my wife's got, we've had to work for, amen? That we've had some things given to us, don't misunderstand, but we have worked hard over the years to get where we are, amen? But I want you to know something. I'm glad this morning that I've been adopted by my father in heaven and he said if I'm an heir of, uh, of his, uh, then I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself but everything uh, that Jesus has I have today and I'm so thankful and give him praise and glory for it right now. God does not don't just call us his sons or daughters. He also calls you an heir through Christ. As a joint heir with Christ Jesus you inherit everything that he has or that he is. Some people have a hard time with this, accepting that we have and are entitled to everything that Jesus has, even though it is taken straight from the Bible, God's holy word, and made possible by a covenant that Jesus himself is, is the underwriter of, the, of, uh, underwriter of, and they don't think that it's for them. I got news for you. If you've given your life over to Jesus Christ, you're serving him, then it's 100% for you. You're covered by the blood of Christ this morning. Amen? Amen? Let me tell you something. If you inherit a state from a relative and their will spelled out everything that you were entitled to, even if someone opposed you on the matter, no matter what, you would want to get everything that was coming to you and that piece of paper would be your guarantee that you would. Written on a piece of paper, this is the last will and testament. I so-and-so declare that I want so-and-so to have all my money in the bank. I want them to have my house. I want them to have my farm. 
I want them to have my dog. I want them to have everything I got. That's what I want them to have. And with that piece of paper in your hand, it's almost a guarantee. But they say, well, some people are gonna contest it. Yeah, they contest it. And there's some lawyers that'll loop around it and help them get what they want. But I got news for you. With the Lord Jesus Christ, that that he's given unto you, that that he's coming unto you, ain't no lawyers nowhere, ain't no devils out of hell can take that away from you because it's a covenant between you and him and it'll never be broken unless you yourself break that covenant today. You see, that's exactly what Jesus did for us when he introduced grace to the world. He made a new covenant available to us before this. It was about what we were capable of, capable of which was and is very little. But grace made it about what he did. It's no longer what I do, but it's what he did. He became the underwriter of our spiritual inheritance. People today still think it's about what we can do. Still, still playing that same old broken record, impossible to achieve record by the, by, by the one hit wonder band of me, myself and I. But I got news for you this morning, my friend. It ain't about you and me. It's all about Jesus Christ and him crucified. It ain't about what I can do, but it's what he can do through me, amen. I see people a lot of times standing around bragging about what they can do and how they do things and all this thing and how important they are and all this and that and the other. But I got news for you, you can do everything in the world to do but if you don't have Jesus Christ you don't know nothing amen it's all about him amen but that's not the case the hip wonder band of me myself and I that ain't the case amen it has it's a case and it has, has, hasn't been uh, for over 2,000 years uh, now. Over 2,000 years ago, he went to the cross of Calvary and he made grace possible. So right now, you and I, it's all about him. And how do we know? Because we have the word of God uh, on the subject. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I mean, notice Jesus. You don't separate Jesus from the word. He is the word. <laughs> Ah, glory to God. The Bible also says in Romans 8, 5 through 8, and hope making not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you were still a sinner, what did he do? He died for you and I. And as the song says, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Amen. He looked down in the barrels of time and he saw that we would need him today right here in Pine Level, North Carolina and all over the world today. Amen. Focusing on self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely assured in self ignores God. Ends up thinking more about self than to do God. That person, that person ignores who God is and what he is doing and God isn't pleased at being ignored. It's not about me or you as I've already said or anyone else. It's all about Jesus. Somebody say all about Jesus. Romans 8, 9 through 11, but ye are not in this flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I mean, glad you got the spirit of Christ in you. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead. 
If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit itself, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now notice what he said. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead. I said a week or two ago, whenever it was, I said that God and the Holy Ghost and the devil ain't gonna live in the same house. For you to get God in, you got to get the devil out. For you to get God in, the main thing is not getting the devil out, it's getting you out. In other words, you, be, you, you, you become a new creature of Christ. The old, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the old man is dead. Amen, what did the Bible say? He said, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead. Amen, the body, the man, the flesh has got to be dead when he comes into you. But the spirit of life becomes righteous. Let me help you right here. Not only are we in Christ, according to Romans 8, 1, but he also is in you and becomes because God cannot abide in a sinful home. The body, the old man, the flesh, as I just said, had to die when Jesus Christ came in. I didn't get the first amen, but that's a natural born fact. If you're still there, he ain't there. Amen? It's got to be him. Paul said, no longer I live, but Christ that liveth in me. So if you got you in there, amen, you don't want to come to an altar and repent and give it all back to him and let him move in, that he can get all that junk out of the way. Can I get an amen right there? But for you who welcome him in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. And he's glad you're alive to God this morning. We got so much to shout for, to praise God for, to glorify God for, and we'll go to a ball game and shout louder than we'll in the house of God. I went to a ball game the other night in Princeton. Where's Noah at? Is he here today? I watched him play football. I kept telling myself, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, and then I found out it was the last game, so I had to lay down everything and go. And somebody that I knew, and when they, when they looked at me, come over, they were one of the announcers, come over, Stuck his head out that door and he said, hey. I said, what? He said, you ain't making enough noise out here. I said, okay. Then I kept saying, well, who was that guy? He knew me, called me by name. I said, who was that guy? Who was he? And every day he heard me asking who it was. I make a little bit of noise because he came back and he told me exactly who it was and I saw him not long ago when I bought a barbecue plate from a church over here across, across, across the street over here, oh, further on over, amen. But he come to me and said, you ain't making enough noise. I'll be glad when the Holy Ghost walks up in here one day and says, you ain't making enough noise. Is that all right? Come on now. He will do what? He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive unto himself. He'll do what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Huh? When God lives and breathes in you and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, uh, you are delivered from the dead life. Uh, with his spirit living in you, you will be as alive uh, as Christ is alive. I'm just glad you're alive today. It stands to reason, does it, that if the, if the alive and present God uh, who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, uh, he'll do the same thing to you that he did in Jesus, uh, bringing you alive to himself. However, as precious as Jesus is to the Father, that is how precious uh, you are to the Father this morning. Uh, the way the Father loves Jesus is the way the Father loves you. What God is willing to do for Jesus this morning, he's willing to do for you. Amen. How accepted are you by God today? 
Question, how accepted are you by God today? Look at Jesus. Is he totally accepted by God? That is, that is how accepted you are. No way. Yes way. Yes it is. The devil may try to steal God's word from you and tell you that you're not, but that's not how God's word reads, is it? Jesus is the measure of your acceptance this morning. Not somebody else. I'm gonna tell you something right now. People will talk about you in a minute. If you do, they talk about you. If you don't, they talk about you. So I just say, let them talk. Because one day they're gonna stand before an almighty God. <laughs> and he's going to say, why did you say this or why did you say that? Because the Bible says we are held accountable for every idle word that falls out of our mouth. We're going to stand accountable for it one day. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on the side that's praising and glorifying God and praising and praying for his children. That's the side I want to be on. How favored are you by God today? You can go to Jerry Nelson's church in Wilson, North Carolina this morning. You can ask any church member that he has. You can say, how are you doing? Because that's the natural thing that people do. Just say, how are you doing? And the first thing they're going to tell you is, I'm blessed and highly favored of God. Every church member he's got. If you ask him, how are you doing? You can be a Walmart. You can mend him say, hey, how are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored of God. How many feel like you're blessed and highly favored of God today? How favored are you by God? Look at Christ Jesus who is seated at the Father's right hand. You enjoy that same favor today because whatever he, he enjoys, you enjoy. Still some have trouble believing that, is, that this is possible. I'll tell you who has a hard time with you. I'll tell you who has a hard time with you believing that all this is true. It's the accuser, the devil himself. And the reason is why, and the reason is because he knows for a fact that this is truth. He knows it's truth. And believe you me, he has fought long and hard to keep everyone from realizing exactly what it is that they're entitled to. Because once someone truly gets a hold of it, listen to me, he has lost a battle and the war with him with them forever once that individual really really connects with God like they're supposed to connect and they realize that nothing can separate them from the love of God they realize that whatever comes their way is nothing but the devil himself trying to trip them up but I'm, I'm thankful today because the Bible says just be thankful for your trials be thankful for your mountains give God praise and glory for wherever you are because God's got you where you are for a reason and if we just keep looking and faith have faith in God He'll let you know, show you exactly the reason why you where you are going through what you're going through. Romans 8, 29, 30. For whom he did foreknow, I like this. He also did predestinate to, to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. For whom he did foreknow. Can I tell you something? When God formed the world into existence, when he spoke it into existence, huh? he knew who you were. How many, how many thousand miles uh, uh, years ago was that? I ain't got a clue. But for, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. <laughs> that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Notice what Paul's saying here. Let me explain it to you. To be conformed to the image of his son. However, 
our participation, listen to me, however our participation in this eternal plan uh, is essential, reflected in this goal. You and I have got, can't be, uh, <clears throat> we can't be standing on the sidelines, uh, but we have literally got to be, as I said, uh, participators uh, in, this, in, this particular, in this particular thing right here. Amen. Uh, let me tell you something. He said that he might be conformed to the image of his son, and this is a process uh, that God does with our cooperation, uh, not something uh, he, he just does to us. Uh, in other words, you're who you are. You're a man or woman of free will. You got free choice. You can do anything you want to do. God will come along one day even though he foreknown you, even though it's predestinated, you yourself has got a choice to follow God or follow the devil. He ain't going to come along one day and you walk along and all of a sudden God says, I want you to stop where you are. I'm going to fix to bless you. I'm fixing to save you. I'm fixing to put my, my, my spirit in you. I'm fixing to just totally engulf you in the presence of, of me and, and all of a sudden you're saved. You got all this and you didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. You didn't desire it. That ain't the kind of God I serve. Let me tell you something. The God I serve says if I desire him, I can have him. But if I reject him, I don't have to have them. God's got a plan for all of us, and it's entirely up to you and I to follow his plan, follow your plan, or follow the devil's plan. And let me explain that. If I follow God's plan, I'm gonna be okay. If I follow my plan, I'm lost. If I follow the devil's plan, I'm lost. But if I follow my plan, it's the same thing as following the devil's plan because I'm not following God's plan. And when you don't follow God's plan, you're absolutely lost with no direction of where to go and how to go. Look at verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, or predestinate, yeah, predestinate them, he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Oh, listen. Moreover, moreover whom he did predestinate, them he also called. I'm glad I'm called today. I didn't wake up one day and say, well, I think I'll go start preaching. Nope. He called me. And like he, told, like he said in the book of John, John says in the first chapter, I think it is, that there was a man sent by God. John was sent by God. There's been a lot of people that's jumped up and decided, well, I'm going to just go do this, even though it's not what God's called him to do. If God hasn't called you to do what you're doing, then back off of it, let it go, release it, turn loose to God and say, God, what is it exactly you want me to do? And he'll let you know exactly what it is you want to do. I'm glad he called me, amen? I'm glad he did. I told him I couldn't, I wouldn't, and I, and I won't. But I finally accepted because I know this morning that, the, that he called me, amen, and he conformed me into the image of his son, amen? And that, that he might be the firstborn among many. Moreover, wh whom he did predestinate, <laughs> them he called. That's where I want to go. Them he also justified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. I don't know, I don't know about you, but God, I, I got a right to stand flat-footed right here this morning just worship and praise God. All I want to praise him. And ain't no devils in hell can stop me. Amen. If there's one thing for sure you can count on, it's, it's this. God is and will always be faithful to complete the work that he has begun in you. Huh? God started this work. This ain't my ministry. It's his ministry. If it was my ministry, I'd have been gone a long time ago. I'd have left it. I'd have quit. But he helped me realize something. Son, this ain't about you. This ain't you. This ain't yours. I've called you. Amen? I chose you. You didn't choose me. Don't that make you feel good? 
that whatever it is you're doing, that God, that you didn't choose to do what you're doing, but God chose you. And when you know that God chose you, all you got to do is keep going and keep going and keep going and know that wherever you are and whatever's going on around about you, that God has still got his hand on you. He's going to protect you. He's going to help you. I didn't say we wouldn't go through some trials and troubles and tribulations sometimes. Look what the apostles went through. They died, literally died, martyr lives, deaths, because they stood for the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's coming a time that the true children of God's gonna be put to the test and it's either gonna be yay or nay for God. And when you say nay to God, then you're gonna go to the devil's side and it's all gonna be over. But I'm glad this morning that he chose me. I didn't choose him. That's why I can keep going on and doing what God has called me to do today. You see, he decided from the beginning to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. And the word continues by saying, after God made the, that decision of what he and his children should be like, which means uh, he gave it some serious thought after all life under the law. And that was that the children of Israel had asked for was an impossible life, uh, a life where if you made a mistake uh, and broken even one of the laws that God had established, uh, it disqualified you from receiving any blessings at all that God longed to give his people. What God missed was the intimacy that he had been, that had been lost between him and his people. He lost the intimacy between him and his people. Can I tell you what's going on right now in the world, not the United States only, but in the world we're living in today, God's losing his intimacy. People's not as intimate to God as what he wants them to be. And what we're going through right now, hey man, God could stop all this stuff right here. Somebody say amen. I heard somebody preaching on, on the radio this morning. They were talking about past, uh, past administrations uh, and administration now. It wouldn't have happened then. Uh, what's going on now? Uh, hey man, we don't know that for sure, but I can tell you this. Uh, too many people got their faith in Biden. Uh, too many feet got their feet, people got their faith in Trump. Uh, too many people got their faith in the government. Uh, I got news for you. You better get your eyes off of Biden. Uh, you better get your eyes off of Trump. Uh, you better begin to look to God Almighty uh, because he's the only one that matters. Uh, he's the only one that can change things. Uh, he's the only one that can keep the child of God uh, in victory. He's the only one that can keep the child of God on top of everything that's going on because he told Noah, get in the boat, get in the, get in the ark, son. I'm fixing to let it go. I'm gonna tell you something. People that's not in the church better get in the church. And people that's in the church playing, they better quit playing because God's getting ready to say, get it ready, move it out, get it out of the way. I'm closing the door. He's coming and he's gonna come and take you home to be with him forever to pour this gold ring. Look out, preacher, you're gonna make folks mad. Get mad if you want to. I got the word to back up what I'm saying. And over the years of 43 years of ministry, me and my wife, we have sat through time after time after time after time and we see people play in church. We see people lying to God. Huh? But I prayed as I prayed this morning that the convicting power of God is gonna move throughout the church all over the universal church. I'm not talking about a denominational church. I'm talking about the universal church of Christ because I've already told you all the denominational walls is coming down one of these days because God's people is gonna to come together. They're gonna to see the same thing. They're gonna speak the same thing. They're gonna believe the same thing. They're gonna be in one accord. And when that takes place, my friend, you can rest assured that he's soon coming, amen. So that's why I say I pray the convicting power of God 
and not only the convicting power of God, but that drawing power of God will move throughout all the world. Those that are listening by the way of internet, those that are listening by here, because that's what it's going to take to change the world we're in today. They're going to have to get their eyes off self and off everything else and get it on God, their heart to God, and then God can do what he wants to do in your life and my life when he has our heart today. He don't want your mind. Some people give in their mind. They won't give in their heart. He don't want your mind. He can care less about your mind. He wants your heart. What do you mean? He wants you. He wants you. Absolutely 100%. He wants that intimacy with you. Huh? I wonder what would happen to a lot of marriages if they could get that intimacy back one to another that they had when they first laid eyes on one another. When you first meet them, you can't keep your hands off of them. Listen to me, little ladies, young ladies. Keep your, keep your eyes on who, who, who you're with. And listen to me, young man. Keep your eyes on who you're with. Don't let the hands funnel too far. Because they're going to get you in trouble. But when you see them, it's just, you just can't hardly bear it. My grandma told me one time, she said, yep. You see her now, you wish you could eat her. He said that, she said, now after you get married, you're going to wish you had to eat her. <laughs> I said, really? <laughs> but dating time, remember dating time? Some of you maybe weren't as crazy as I was. I was talking to my wife, we were talking the other day. I've done some very craziest things when I, when I was going with her. I mean, I did just pure, you can't fix stupid. Amen? I did crazy things. If I had 10 minutes off, I was trying to figure out how I could get to Wilson and get back. Huh? If they give me a half a day off, oh, it was over. I'm gone. I'll be back. Why? Because I had to get to her. I had to get to her. Some say, well, you having problems now? No, I'm not really having problems. But I'm praying the intimacy that we had, once had. Look out, preacher. I'm praying that the intimacy that we once had will come back even stronger than it was when I was doing stupid things. I want to start doing some stupid things again. Because of the love I have for her. Amen? And, and the good side about that is, she didn't really have to do nothing. She was there. It didn't make no difference. She was there. She knows some way or another, I'm going to figure out how to get to her. And she finally walked out of the house on, on one February morning, kind of cool. I called her, so I'm as far as Smithfield, as far as I can go. And she walked. Now, I just met her December, we were just dated the first time, December 23rd. This is in February. She walked out of the house and told her mama, said, if I don't marry that boy, it's going to drive me crazy. Why? Because that's how much love do I. I still have that kind of love for her. I do. But now things have sort of got in the way and it's hindered what, we, what, what, what I need to be doing, amen, to break everything back together like it ought to be. You mean you're far apart? No, I didn't say nothing about that. See, people read into things when you try to just confess. You say, I'm mad enough to confess because, you know, that's what God wants. God wants, he wants transparent. God wants transparent. I ain't got nothing to hide today. Amen? So I'm praying, God, give me back what I, what I lost of that intimacy. Evidently, Lord, I've lost some of it. Help me get it back. Because I want it to be stronger than ever. In our latter days, in our, in our, in our uh, older days, whatever the case is, I want it to be better because the Bible says the latter shall be greater than the former. I want it to be better than it's ever been and it ever will be. Amen? What does the Bible say? Love your wife 
even as Christ loved the church. And not only did he love the church, he gave himself for the church. Now, I don't know why I brought this in, but somebody needed it if it wasn't nobody but me. Amen? I got to realize I need to love her like Christ loved. How many believe Christ loved the church? You are the church. Then you ought to be able to look at your wife and that, that sparkle in her eyes should still be sparkling. Some of us can't even get a flashlight burning. There ought to be a sparker there and a smile every time you look at one another. Amen? Well, I got a honeydew list this long. We'll get it done. Guess what? That sparker popped right back in there. But after you get that one done, guess what's going to happen? They're going to start building another one. Hmm? But that's okay. That's what God gave them to us for. Keep us busy. Amen? Somebody shout praise the Lord. Come on. That's why he decided to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines of the life of his son. He gave us that, we, that, that what, what he enjoyed, the most intimacy of the relationship that he had with his son, everything that his son enjoyed, we, want, we wanted you to enjoy. That's what God tells us. Everything that his son has access to, uh, he wants you to have the same access to. There was nothing that he withheld from us. Uh, we wanted to make it as easy as possible to ensure our success, to have the abundant life uh, that he promised uh, he would get, that we could have uh, and live. He's made it as easy as possible. All we gotta do is come down and repent of our sins, ask him to forgive us, of all our wrongdoing accept him as the Lord and Savior of our life and realize that he is the Lord that he did go to the cross and die that they did put him in the tomb but in three days God raised him from the dead and now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father all we gotta do is confess with our mouth believe in our heart it don't get no easier than that right there and then everything Christ has you have in Jesus name amen Romans 8 31 through 39 what shall then what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? This world's in a mess. Let me change that. The people in this world's a mess. And you'd be surprised how many, what percentage of this world that, that's really wanting, or the United States of America, let me just say for America, you'd be surprised at what percentage of the American people, they want what's going on right now. They want it a little deeper. They want socialism. They want all these things. And I'm talking about the X, the X generation, the millennial generation. They're all for that. Why? Because all they can see is it's gonna be a gimme, 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 gimme. All I gotta do is hold my hand out and they're gonna give it to me. But let me tell you something. What they're giving you is somebody else's. They're gonna take from the rich to get to the poor and the rich is going to get poor after a while and then the poor is going to get even poorer and we're going to be on the streets uh, just begging for anything we get our hands on uh, that's where it's headed to uh, so you and I are about to get a hold of God because only God is going to give you the strength uh, to go through those times that we're going to have to face he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him, with him also freely give us all things they tell me, if you want Christmas presents, you better go ahead and get them because there's going to be a shortage. They showed on TV, grocery stores, shortage. Food, all this shortage. Ain't going to be able to get it. Let me tell you, what, let me tell you what's going on. Now, I'm not saying, no, I'm not taking this lightly of what's going on. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But what's going on right now, they're using fear tactics to get you to go ahead and do what they want you to do. That's what they're doing. They're using fear tactics. They, that's how the enemy works. He works on deception, amen? He works on deception. He works on lies. And I got news for you. 
from what I've heard ever since January this year, there's been one lie after the other lie after the other lie after the other lie after the other lie. Well, I ain't going to do this and they did. I ain't going to do this and they did. I ain't going to do this and they did. They ain't going to do it. Everything said they weren't going to do, they turned it around and now they are doing it. Amen. They just lied, 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 lied. But let me tell you something. If you get in the word of God, you never find where God ever lied to you or ever will lie with you. What he said this morning, amen. You can rest assured it's going to come to pass. He ain't going to change his mind. It's already there because he is the Lord thy God that changes not. Amen. So everything he's promised me, I can stand assured with joy, shouting and praising and glorifying God while a lot of folks are crying and wondering what in the world is going to happen. My wife says we need to buy a freezer. I don't care, get one. This generation right now can survive because we came up as survivors. But the generation behind us ain't got a clue. Only thing they know is a computer. They get on the computer and order anything they want, it comes to the house. They get on the computer, order their milk, their bacon, their eggs, or anything they want. It, then they go to the grocery store, they pick it up, and they don't have to go in and pay for it. It's all right there. Or either they can say, deliver it to me, and they'll charge them a fee, and they'll bring it to them. But after a while, they're going to turn their computer on, and ain't nothing going to happen. They're going to say, what in the world am I going to do? I ordered everything. Yeah, I ain't never been to the grocery store. I don't know where to go. What are they doing? They depended on this. In other words, this, 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 all this communication, all this media, all this computer junk, all everything that's going on. But I'm going to tell you something. When the time comes, they're going to shut it all down, and they're going to say, now we got you. You're going to have to do exactly what we have to do. But let me tell you something. They'll never shut the word of God down. The word of God's here. They might take it away from me. They might come to my house to take Bibles like they're talking about taking guns. But if they take my Bible, Brother Micah, they can't take what's here. They can't take it out of me. And what's in there, I want a whole lot more. So when that day comes, they say, we're going to take your Bible. Take the Bible. But you won't take my Jesus. I'm still here with him and he's going to carry me all the way through this thing. Folks, we better get excited about Almighty God. We better get more passionate about God as I preached a few weeks ago. We better let God do everything he needs to do in our life. Well, there's going to come a time when you ain't got God. It's going to be some hard times. They don't have enough truck drivers now. I was thinking, I said, you know, I used to drive a truck. If I get my license, I could drive it again. I'd haul stuff if I, heard, if I had to. Amen? Yeah, I'd get behind the wheel, take off and go. That's what I needed to do. But God ain't called me to that. He's called me to spread the gospel. Amen? Let's see what it says in 33. Who shall lay anything to, or who, who, if God be for us, who can be against? He that spared not his son. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. You can't charge me with nothing. Huh? You can point your finger at me. You can talk about me. You can do anything you want to do. But if God be for me, who's going to be against me? Huh? What did he say? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? I don't know about you, but I'm one of God's elect. Wait a minute, preacher, don't be so boastful. I'm not being boastful. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. You see, that's what the devil wants you and I to do, sit around, you know, with our heads hung down and all this kind of No, no, you're serving the almighty God. You're serving a God that holds the whole world in his hand. God said you are his elect. You know what God wants you to do? He wants you to start recognizing who you are in him. Amen. Start walk, Stop walking around with that mentality, that small mind mentality. You need to start thinking big because you serve a great big God today. And the word of God that I have in my heart this morning said that he's a God of more than enough. So if I put my faith and trust in him, guess what? Everything I need is going to be at my, at, at, at my hands. 
according to what his word says. And I believe what his word says. Huh? Nobody, nobody can lay any charges on me whatsoever. It is God that justifies. <laughs> Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercessory for us. Mm, look at that, look at that. Who is he that condemneth? Who? Christ has done all the work. He's at the right hand of the Father right now making intercessory. He's praying for me. The devil's accused all the time. The devil, your accuser, the devil, Satan himself, is accusing you all the time before God. But Jesus there between you, and between Satan and God, and he's praying, he's making intercessory for you, and he's letting God know, no, 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 that's my child. He's lying to you. That's my, which God already knows that. I'm just trying to make it so we can understand what's going on. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Listen. As it is written, for, they, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Hmm? Huh? Yeah. Look what he's saying. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. They're Christian people. They're children of God. They're saints of God. They're called men and women of God that's losing their life today because they will not back down and, 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 and reject Jesus Christ our Lord. What's going to happen to us if that time comes? The, the young lady I understand got killed at Columbine High School back years and years ago, back in the 90s. I understand the question was asked her, if I'm not mistaken. I hope I'm not mistaken. I understand the question was, was asked her, do you still love God? She said, yes, I do. And what I understand them saying, I could be wrong, but what I understand them saying, do you love God? She said, yes, I do. She said, well, I'm going to send you home to it. Bam. Killed her. All she had to say was, no, I don't love him no more. Would he have shot her? I don't know. But when he asked the question, he asked the question for a reason. Do you still love God? Yes, I do. Boom. Then go home. I'll send you home with What's it going to be? Well, preaching ain't going to come down to that. I got news for you. I got news for you. That's going to come a time. That they're going to look at you. Do you still love Jesus? Are you still a servant of God? All you have to do is say, no, I'll let you go on your way. If you say yes, you're going home today. What are we going to do? Let me tell you something. If he's not absolutely, totally in there like he ought to be, I'm talking about the intimacy with God that, he, that we're supposed to have with him. Somebody points a gun at you and says, do you still love God? And if you do, you're going home with him right now, going home to be with him right now. Hmm? Preacher, you find it hard today. Well, I'm just trying to tell you. God says, tell my people to let them know hard times are coming. What did, what, what, what did, Timothy, what did Paul tell Timothy? In the last day shall pearly times come. Huh? I mean, that's where we are right now. Pleasure, more, lovers of money more than lovers of God. Love of pleasures more than lovers of God. Amen? Ain't a thing in the world wrong with having nothing. You can have anything you want. You can have anything in your heart you desire. Amen? As long as he's first in your life, you can have it all. But you put him first, everything else is going to fall in place like it ought to be. And if I don't have all those things that a lot of other people has, guess what he said? Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Huh? Come on, folks, tell me something. If you let what you have become between you and God, you're hell bound. Mm. Nay, verse 37, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the Lord except you yourself. You can separate yourself. Hmm? Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? According to scripture, there's no way. But we got to have the love I'm talking about this morning. We have to love our wives as Christ loved the church. We have to love him as he loved the church. We have to love him. He's got to be number one. Amen? I don't care who's winning the basketball season this year, the baseball season, the football season. It don't make no difference. God is going to have to be number one in all of our lives. And people can tell you the basketball players, every name of them on, on the team. And they can't name but two or three of the, uh, two or three of the disciples of Christ. Something's wrong with that picture right there. Someone say amen. Come on, it's okay. There's no way, not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homeless, not bullying threats, not, back, back, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in the scripture is gonna separate us. We have everything that Jesus has. God's word has determined it to be a fact. It's a promise that you can take straight to the bank and put it in the, the lockbox of your heart when we find ourselves in any situation, be it financial, emotional stress, related things, health issues, especially our health issues. We need to remind ourselves and the accuser of, the, of just one thing. Does Jesus have this affliction? Then neither do I. If Jesus ain't sick, I ain't sick. But brother, you don't know how I feel. You don't go by feelings. You go by faith in God. If Jesus ain't sick, Jerry Barbie ain't sick. Amen. Somebody give us some praise today. Oh, your people are mighty quiet. Because I have everything Jesus has, not what the world says I have, not what the doctor says I have, not what the genetic gene pole says, uh, says my family has, not what the unbelievers around me at work or in my family says I have, not what my bank account says I have. I have what God says I have, and there is no greater authority to be had on this, on this subject. Case closed. The verdict has already been determined. Everything Jesus has, I have today. Look at your neighbor and say, have you got it? Huh? If you ain't got it, you better get it. I have it. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, absolutely, he's number one in your life, you have it too. It's not because of what I've done. It's because of what Jesus has done for me. His perfection covers my imperfections and he is my qualification to receive all of the benefits of the inheritance God has promised me. In 1 John 4, 17, the Bible says, herein is our love made perfect that we may, be, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. When the day of judgment comes, wherever you might be, you don't have to be, have no fear whatsoever because as he is, as Jesus is, you are. He's overcome every judgment of the world. He even overcame death. Somebody say praise the Lord. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Amen. Get that word in your heart. As he is, so are we in this world. Amen. Get the word in your heart. Get it down deep in your heart. It will change your life. If you want to be blessed by God and enjoy his blessings, get to know and have a real relationship with his son. Ephesians 1, 3 through 
10, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in whom before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. According as he hath chosen us or chosen in him before. As I told you, before God ever said let there be light, he knew who we are, who we were going to be. Amen? According as he hath chosen and founded, verse 15, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Christ, Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in, in, in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Somebody say redemption. The forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. Wherein he have abounded toward us in all wisdom and, 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 and prudence. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. Verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together. Listen to me. He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he shall gather together in one all things in Christ. God, it's all coming together. Huh? Ain't going to be no separation. Ain't going to be no more Baptists and Presbyterians and Catholics and all this. Huh? It's going to be the believers of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Look out, preacher, you're preaching some hard stuff there, but it's a known fact. Before I'm Pentecostal, before I'm Pentecostal, you listen to me, before I'm Pentecostal, before I'm anything, I'm first of all a child of Almighty God. That's the first thing I am. I'm a child of God. I'm Pentecostal because that's where he's put me. That's where he's opened the door. And I believe with all my heart the Pentecostals are trying their best to go what thus saith the word of God. If they were to change the doctrine of the church, then you guess what? I'd be gone. I'd be out of here. You got some churches out there that accepted everything the world has to offer. Homosexuals, lesbians, all this kind of all this kind of stuff going on. Accepting sin. Accepting people living together. That's a sin. You don't live together. The Bible says, he, he, you know, God's the one that created the marriage. He made the marriage, so you don't sleep together. Shacking up is wrong in the sight of God. I've had a lot of people get mad at me because I said that. But it's what the Word of God says. Get mad, get glad, whatever you're going to do. We must do what the Word of God says. If, 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 if the IPHC changes, the, the national IPC changes doctrine that we are following right now amen, in the wrong direction, I won't be standing behind one of their pulpits. But guess what I'm glad of today? Brother Larry, I'm glad today that if they do change some of their doctrine to go the way the world wants to go, I can still stand behind this pulpit and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because we're not a member of of the IPHC conference. We are affiliate of the conference. So we don't have to do anything. We just do it because we know that, and, and what I understand, you guys have been doing it for the last 27, eight years because you became affiliate with the church and they don't understand. You pay your tithes, you, you support missions, you give offers, you do all this kinds of stuff. But I'm, <laughs> I need to be careful. Bishop's gonna be here November the 14th. But I'm glad at this moment in time, <clears throat> not that anything's going to happen. I don't believe it will. But if it does, amen, I can still stand in this pulpit 
and preach what thus says the word of God. Unless you say, well, we're tired of you. We want you to go. Then I have to go. And that would be all right if that's what you wanted. But let me say this. Don't interfere with what God's trying to do. Because humans can hinder the plans of God. Somebody say praise the Lord about that. I thought I'd get some amen, but I didn't. Amen? Let me tell you this. The dispensation of fullness of times to come. Listen to this. A, rich, a certain rich man died and left no heirs. When his household goods were auctioned off, an elderly lady dressed in shabby garments was the only one to bid on the picture of the dead man's son. He had been greatly cherished by the wealthy father because his only child died at an early age. But the crowd had that gathered, the, the crowd that had gathered for the sale showed no interest at all in the picture. They wanted the big things. They wanted the whoop to do things. When the woman who bought the portrait was asked why she wanted it, she said she had been the boy's nurse many years before and had loved him dearly. Later, she examined the picture closely and noticed a, a bulge in the heavy paper on the back, making a very small cut. She removed the envelope, which turned out to be the man's missing will. The document was very clearly stated, the document very clearly stated that he wanted to leave his property to the person who still held dear the memory of his beloved son. This woman is representative of any child of God who because of love for his beloved son, Jesus Christ, uh, receives the greatest inheritance uh, known to humanity. She, she bought the picture at a very low price. Nobody answers. She goes home as a bowl. What is that? She cuts it, pulls it out. There's the will of the man. Whoever still cherishes my son, still loves my son, I leave all my belongings, everything, to them. In ragged crows and shabby. Guess what? Now she can get a new wardrobe. Now she can get some new clothes. Now she can get some new shoes. Now she can put some paint on the barn, so to speak. Now she can make herself look good. Well, that ain't why. Yes, he did. That's exactly why God gave it to her. Listen to me. It might be a fixed text story. It's a fixed text story, but let me tell you, that's exactly why God gave it to her. Because before that picture, look what she was. Old, shabby, worn out, didn't have nothing, and probably the poorest lady in town. Amen. Didn't have a thing in the world. But when she showed her love for the son, guess what happened? God was able to take her, dress her up, make her look good. And now when she walked through town, people say, wow, you know who that is? That's the woman that used to be. That's the woman that used to be all nasty and dirty and shabby. Nobody paid any attention to her. Look at her now. Can I tell you something? The same thing God does. Same thing Jesus does. He says, oh, wait a minute. That's my child. That is after they were this, that, and the other. That's after everybody pointed a finger at them and looked down on them. Now they're my child. And I have furnished everything they need. I have given them everything they need. You see, God don't even want you looking like you used to look. He wants you to change from the inside out. Don't paint up pretty just to be pretty. No, he'll fix the inside. And when the inside gets fixed, he'll fix the outside. Understand what I'm saying? So God will give you everything you need. Let us stand this morning.
That's how he wants us to love. If you love his son more than you love anything else in this world, if you love his son more than you love anything else in this world, there is nothing that God would not give you. Amen? Somebody help me out. Ain't God good? Have you laid claim on your inheritance that Jesus died for you to receive? It's not about you or what you could do in a hundred lifetimes. It's all about what he's already done for you. Today, our most loving father wants you to know that all Jesus, wants you to know that all Jesus is in heaven. You are in this world. Our Jesus is in heaven, you're in this world. All that belongs to him belongs to you. That is why it is in your interest to know him more, to see him in all his glory and beauty. Make it all about him and you will see all the benefits he has provided for you to come to pass. You'll see it all. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I love you today. God, I just give you praise and glory. Father, sometimes it's messages that we preach, it's not the easiest thing to do. But Lord, you're just, you're just pressing my heart to tell this world, tell the church, tell people that the coming of your Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the coming of him is not far off. Master, you're pulling me hard to the book of Matthew in chapter 23. There's eight woes in there. Woe unto you, scribes, hypocrites, and all this. And then you go through the list of things that they need to look out for. And Master, this is just before Matthew 24, when it tells us to get ready. Mm. And Lord, the signs of the time. If we study up scripture, the signs of time are, are taking place right now. It's not hard to see what's going on and compare it to the word of God, to see what's about to happen. So Lord, as long as you give me breath, I'll try my best to tell folks. Even sometimes it may be hard, even sometimes it may, be, may hurt. But Lord, I'm gonna do my best to tell people, to warn them and tell them to get ready because the second coming of Jesus is about to take place. And Father, what excites me so much is that the second coming, when you come, you're coming for your children. Then that seven-year reign is gonna take place and you won't be coming for your children then, you'll be coming with your children. Oh, hallelujah. God, I'm just so thankful. Lord, it just blesses my heart to know that one of these days, gravity is gonna break loose and I'm gonna leave this old world and I'm gonna be with you in the portals of glory. Father, I got some loved ones over there. I got some loved ones here. Praying God, we all gonna make it. But God, I can't hardly wait to get there to see Jesus. He's the first one I wanna see. And then I wanna to touch bases with Moses and I wanna to touch bases with Joshua. I wanna to touch bases with Paul. I wanna to touch bases with some of these guys, Lord, and, the and, and, and I want to find out how they felt on the things that they experienced. Hallelujah. Father, I might not be experiencing the Red Sea opening today. Hallelujah. I like Paul's not in prison, Lord, and the prison doors shake open, the earthquake comes, 
I might not be experiencing that type of thing today, but I can tell you what I am experiencing. I'm experiencing the joys of the Lord in this chaotic world that I'm living in. And God, that's all I need. I don't need a Red, Red Sea opening experience. I don't need a jail cell experience, Lord. I, I don't need all these things, Lord, to, 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 to trust you and believe you and know who you are. All I know is that you are the Son of God. You, God, you raised him from the dead. I, I accepted him as my Savior. And what he has, I have. Because Jesus is not only my Savior, he's not only my provider, he's also my brother. Because I've been adopted by the Father. And I thank God that I have a big brother like Jesus Christ. That when anything ever comes or goes, I can just say, hey, big brother take care of this for me and all I can do is stand back and watch the salvation of the Lord I'm so thankful this morning Lord it blesses my heart to know that and God as long as there's breath in me I'm going to try my best Lord to tell people get them excited get them ready because I know without a doubt he's soon coming Jesus is soon coming and I want to be ready so Father these folks that listen to me by the way of internet this morning Father touch their heart minister to them some way if they're not listening today maybe they'll listen after a while Father, on the radio, they may listen, God, and I pray, God, they, they, they realize that your spirit of conviction is going to move it and draw them into the salvation knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray that, God. Father, I pray for our church here this morning. Father, we have family loved ones that are lost and done without God. Father, help us, Lord, Father, to be example to them that we can win them to the Lord. Father, not live a, neg not live a negative life in front of them <clears throat> and a positive life in church. It don't work that way. Father, help us to be who we are, not only at church, but also out of church because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can be that in him if we so desire. So, Father, I pray, God, you touch every heart and meet every need. In Jesus' name. If you're here this morning, you want to come pray. The altar's wide open. I want you to come. If you need something from the Lord, I want you to come. Hmm? Anybody else? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this service. Thank you for your presence. Holy Ghost, thank you for not only being with us, but being upon us. Thank you for being my counselor. Thank you for being my wisdom, my knowledge. Thank you for being my strength. For in you, all things are possible. In the precious name of Jesus. Everybody shout praise the Lord. If you would be seated just for a moment. Thanks for tuning in to our live stream here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. If you want more information about our church, go to our website, pinelevelphc.org. That's pinelevelphc.org. You can check out pictures, events coming up. Also, watch other services that you may have missed. Also, you can download our free app through the Google Play or the iOS App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand. And you can get push notifications about upcoming events here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church, as well as check out other information that's going on here. Also, Facebook users, search Facebook for uh, Pine Level PHC and you can like our page on Facebook get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other things that we post through Facebook. If you're a YouTube fan, go to YouTube, search Pine Level PH Church and subscribe to our channel and get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand through YouTube. We also have a podcast available for the people who can't watch. You can listen while you drive or work. Go to your favorite podcast provider or you can go to our website or the app for the quick link to the podcast. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again Sunday morning at 1030 or Sunday night at 6 p.m. and Wednesday at 7. God bless.